You guys excited to be at church tonight? Man, sometimes you look back on 2020 now, here a few days into the new year, and you think that kind of felt like the year from hell. (laughs) And like we know as Christians that God does, you know, great things, and he works things together for good. Even when the enemy meant him for evil, God works it together. And we see that, and I'm the first person to tell you, man, God did great things in my life last year, in the life of the church so many, like my wife and I just love spending that year with a baby girl growing up. How fun was that? I feel like it was a little gift from God. He's like, this year's not going to be a total disaster. I gave you something wonderful. And then like at the church, man, our online campus went to the next level. If you were a part of Generation Online, you know, like the, the production quality got so much better in the last year. And I just want to shout out our production team. You guys are amazing. And I'm so, I'm so excited, too, about the launch of our chosen ministry last year. That was incredible. We're going to see great things happening with foster care and adoption. I'll update you on that more. We had a record uh, level of giving to kingdom builders. So we're supporting missionaries. We're seeing people come to Jesus through that. And then I, I love that our food pantry gave out more food than ever last year. We were here to meet a need for our community when they needed it most. So all these great things definitely happen, but I think there will probably be very few people who look back and say, I'd give anything to relive 2020. (laughs) I saw one survey where only 18% of pastors said they felt qualified to lead last year. That means 82% of pastors are honest. Because nobody was qualified to lead in that situation. I heard Governor Ducey say it was the hardest year of my life. And I feel like I kind of relate to that. There were so many situations where it felt like no matter what you do, it's a lose-lose situation. No matter how you decide, someone's going to be mad at you. And you realize, man, this is not for the faint of heart, living for Jesus in the midst of difficulty. So I look back on all that uncertainty and chaos and confusion, and I have to declare I'm over it. I'm over it. And that's the title of my message tonight. I'm over it. Now, I just want to start this year out by being awkwardly honest about some things. As I look back on the last year, I got to reflect and I got to challenge us in some areas. I just feel like this is what God has for us. One thing that was really alarming to me as a pastor is that many Christians, not you, but many Christians handled last year quite poorly, especially in the way that we treated one another as issues came up, like political division and sickness and economic downturn and racial tensions. And and we looked at what happened and we saw a lot of conflict and strife and divisiveness coming from Christians. I'm not worried about what non-Christians do, but from Christians. And so I'll start in Ephesians 4, 29. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And then here's how you bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, this kind of behavior we have to get rid of. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. we got to get rid of that because it brings sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So when I look at that list of behaviors that 
grieves the Holy Spirit. And I think about some of the things I might have said last year, some of the things I might have done. I can't help but notice I probably did some of those things. Some of those things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Any of you relate to that? Did you get angry last year? Did you talk negatively about someone you don't even know? Did you use harsh words maybe? I know this sermon isn't for all of you. Just pray for those of us who still struggle with these things as you listen tonight. <laughs> See, I, I think that we look at last year and some of the behaviors we struggle with. And man, 2020, a lot of Christians struggled to hold on to their Christ-likeness. And I know there was a lot of difficulty last year, but in the broad scope of history, what we dealt with was relatively minor compared to what many previous generations have dealt with. So if 2020 is all it took for us to lose our witness, we got to figure it out before we deal with real problems. So you got to ask yourself, what happened? Because I know that some of those behaviors, that's not how we want to behave. That's not how I want to act. I want to be kind. We want to be loving. So what happened? And as I was praying about it, I think it really all boils down to this. Those behaviors we read about in Ephesians that, that make the Holy Spirit sorrowful, they all are originating in one thing, and that's fear. I think it's fear. The truth is that these unloving, combative behaviors primarily are caused by fear. None of us want to be that way, but fear has a long history of overwhelming the good intentions of God's people. I know we don't want to be that way, but then fear. And it goes all the way back to Old Testament times. I think about how the Israelites in the wilderness, they were talking about killing Moses and going back to slavery because they were afraid they wouldn't have enough. They said we were better off in Egypt. I think about how there were 10 scouts and a whole generation of God's people that missed out on the promised land because of fear. They said, man, that enemy is bigger than us, and they're going to crush us like bugs. Think about the disciples on the boat with Jesus in a storm, and fear caused them to doubt Jesus' love for them. Jesus, they said, don't you even care about us, whether we live or die? How do you ask Jesus a question like that? And so I, I think about how in 2020, fear robbed a lot of us of our peace and community and an opportunity to shine for Jesus. We struggle with combativeness. That's where you just kind of are quick to fight and you're almost looking for something to fight over. You know, like I'm just looking for a reason to argue. And we see people who have different opinions than us and we view them as a threat to our own happiness. We, we become critical when we're driven by fear, critical of other people. Like, man, we have a very loving church, a very loving church and healthy. But there were even people in our own church who became critical of other people. Like, oh, they shouldn't do that. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Even critical of leadership decisions in the state, in churches, in workplaces. Like, oh, they shouldn't have said that. They are not good leaders. They don't care about people because we're afraid that leaders will let us down. We oftentimes struggle with Conspiracy theorists, people who read some weird blog article, something on Facebook, and next thing you know, they've gone down some vortex rabbit hole of stupidity. I got the weirdest emails last year. Pastor Ryan, have you heard of this? It's like, no. <laughs> what gets you to that point? It's fear, where you start believing everything is a lie and a big conspiracy. And when, and when I would tell people, like, don't believe conspiracy theorists, they would say, but... But God wants us to be discerning. 
God wants us to discern between the spirits. And you should be discerning that you are being oppressed by the spirit of fear. We experience because of fear, I think, a lot of what we read about. Bitterness, anger, harsh words, slander. And I want you to realize that that behavior is driven by another type of spirit. This grieves the Holy Spirit. Well, it comes from another type of spirit, the spirit of fear. And sometimes if we're not careful as Christians, we can find ourselves operating in cooperation with another spirit that did not come from God. Although I I do believe a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. People ask that sometimes, like, can a Christian be demon-possessed? No, no. you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. He's not accepting uh, house guests, (laughs) especially not from the devil, right? And people are like, okay, but but have you met my kids? Are you sure? Like, you sure we can't be? No, I'm sure. Like, you can't be demon-possessed as a Christian, but you can be spiritually oppressed. You can be spiritually oppressed if you buy into lies and let fear take root in your heart. I just imagine in the headquarters of hell, Satan and his little demonic lieutenant celebrating 2020 high five in the year when millions of Christians got engaged to the spirit of fear. It's like fear got down on one knee and was like, will you marry me? And many Christians said, yes, I'd love to start a new life of fear with you. For a lot of people, all it took was the threat of danger, not even real danger, but the threat of danger, and they were scared. And if you engage in a relationship with fear, you're going to end up with little ugly babies named a rage, bitterness, and slander. And so I think a new year brings an opportunity for a wake-up call where it is time to divorce the spirit of fear. I don't know about you, but I'm over it. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, there is a spirit of fear, but it doesn't come from God. He's given us power, love, and self-control. So I want to renew my vows to the Holy Spirit in 2021. The Holy Spirit who comes from God, who produces fruit in our lives like love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you want that kind of fruit? Or do you want the fruit that comes from the spirit of of fear? Bitterness, rage, anger, slander. There's only room for one spirit in your life. You can't be filled with fear and filled with power at the same time. You can't be filled with anger and filled with love at the same time. So you got to decide, do I want the Holy Spirit to rule in my life or do I want to be manipulated by the spirit of fear? And so I, I think it's time for a lot of us to say, I'm over it. If you want your life to be filled with power and love, you got to get over it. COVID-19 brought some challenges, but I'm over it. I know a lot of businesses struggled, but I'm over it. I know people got sick. Some people even died. That's sad. It is tragic. But I've got to be over it. I know there's still people fighting. There's still controversy and Twitter wars going on. But I'm not getting into that. I'm over it. And there'd be some people that would say, no, you can't just be over it because it's still a problem. And people are, no, no, no. See, you don't understand what I'm saying. A lot of times when someone says, I'm over it, what they mean is I don't care anymore. That's not it. I can't just stop caring about people. 
Sometimes people say you need to get over it, and what they mean is you just need to move on. And that can be good advice, but on the other hand, you can't always just move on from your current reality. So here's what I need you to understand. You don't get over it by living in denial. You get over it by living in total dependence. I believe that in 2020, we experienced wave after wave of chaos and confusion and conflict. And it's easy at times to get caught up under that. But I believe that this year, God wants you to get over it. How do you get over anything? You want to know how you get over anything? You stay close to the one who is over everything. That's what you do. In 1 Chronicles 29, it says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. So scripture makes it clear again and again that God is over everything. And he says throughout scripture in books like Isaiah and in the Psalms, he says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he reigns above the heavens and the earth. And the Bible just paints this picture again and again that God is high and lifted up. And as we put our faith in Jesus and we trust in him, the Holy Spirit begins a transformation process in our lives by conforming us to the image of his son and renewing our mind in the way that we see things, in the way that we think. And the more we become like Jesus, the more we think like Jesus. And that gives us a perspective that God has, which allows us... To get over it. Why don't you right now just say, I'm over it. Just look at your neighbor and don't breathe on them, but say, I'm over it. (laughs) And so the more I find myself becoming like Jesus, the more I get over the things that used to take over me. What happens when you get over it? I'm going to talk about that, how it's going to look in 2021 when you get over it. It's going to be so good. You're going to love it. The first thing that's going to happen is you'll worry less. You'll worry less. Man, I know that some of us spent some time last year with anxiety and worry. But at least we got a whole decade's worth out of our system at one time. You should be good for the next nine years. Am I right? I mean, because it's easy to get caught up news reports and uncertainty and chaos. And I know that last year brought some. And even though it's in the past, we got to stop and acknowledge, like, we don't know what the future holds either. And so we have to get over it. Remember, we read in Chronicles, it said this. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. One of the reasons I think that sometimes we struggle with anxiety is we forget that this kingdom has a king. We have a king who is over all things. And he rules with absolute authority and power and control. He gets the final word on every situation. Nothing surprises him. Nothing usurps his power. Our king is on the throne. And what's better news is he's good and he loves you. But it's hard sometimes to just trust him because as we go through life, it can feel like we're just wandering through a maze. And so I think about how it might look as you're wandering through a maze and you can't see clearly in all directions around you and you're trying 
to find your way and you're searching and you might take a wrong turn here and a wrong turn there, have to backtrack a little bit. You might come up against a dead end and have to turn around. And it can be overwhelming at times. It can cause you to, to struggle and to worry. Do you relate to that at all as you're trying to figure out your calling and your career and how to raise your kids? It feels almost like you're just, you're just on your own struggling through a maze. And you can, if you're not careful, find yourself dealing with anxiety and wondering, God, where are you in all this? But God is over it. And he has a greater and different perspective on your life, high and lifted up above the things that you're struggling with. See, God doesn't, doesn't get confused by what you're struggling with. God is aware completely of the plan and what's going on at all times. He sees things differently. And so what God wants is for us to have a perspective like his. And so I, I know there are going to be things in your life that come up that might cause you to struggle with worry, an unforeseen bill, a diagnosis, bad news. And God says, you've got to learn how to get over it. You've got to get a higher perspective. You've got to rise up higher. You've got to see things from God's vantage point because from up here, things look differently, don't they? When I'm down in the middle of it, it feels at times like I might be feeling lost. I might be feeling overwhelmed, confused. But, but oh, from up here, oh, I see. I see what's going on from God's perspective. From God's perspective, I can look back and I can remember where I started. Oh, man, I remember how, how lost I was, but God found me and he set me on the right path. And now I see the path God took me on. Oh, yeah, at the time I thought I was lost, but God knew exactly where he was leading me. What looked like a wrong turn was actually God putting me on the right path. Now, I, I'm not God, so I'm never going to know what every turn is going to look like going forward. But I don't have to worry. I'm not lost because God knows exactly where I'm going. And I read the back of the book. I know where he's taking me. Amen. So I'm not going to get overwhelmed when I'm near the one who is over everything. God says, you don't have to worry. I'm completely in control. And Isaiah, he says this. He says this in Isaiah, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You don't have to worry. God is in control and he rules over everything. And we don't know what's coming in this next year, but we don't have to worry about what the future holds because we know who holds the future. Amen. Amen. So man, if you get over it like this, you're not going to worry as much as you used to. And here's the next thing. You'll love people more. You'll love people more. And I know that we want to love people as Christians. Jesus called us to love one another. He said, love one another as I have loved you. You should love one another, but it's not always easy. I know sometimes people don't love me. Last year, there's people that got mad at me because I didn't do things the way they wanted. And if I'm being honest, there were people I got mad at because they didn't do things the way I wanted. I know I'm just preaching this message for myself tonight, you know. <laughs> it, it can be easy at times. And the truth is, like, sometimes people do hurtful, dumb things. And it's hard to love people when you're face-to-face -face with their stupidity. So you got to get over it. In Exodus, here's what we read. It says, early in the morning, Moses climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, that's my name, Yahweh, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger 
and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. This is how God introduces himself. So we read this passage, and you should read the whole context surrounding it. It's so cool that here are the Israelites in the wilderness, and God calls Moses up to this mountain, to Mount Sinai. And he says, I'm going to meet with you there. And we have this artist's rendition. Here's the Israelites below, and Moses is up on Mount Sinai. And the Bible says God came down in a cloud, and there was lightning and thunder, and God gave him the Ten Commandments. It was crazy. So God tells Moses, we read, to climb up the mountain. And I think that's interesting. It made me think how, you know, we cannot work our way to God. We're saved by grace. Amen? Yeah. Christianity is the only religion that believes we cannot work our way to God. Right. We're saved by grace. But at the same time, God has this way of responding to those of us who work to draw near to him. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So there's something about making an intentional effort to get close to God that gets his attention, and he responds to. And so that's why I'm really excited for starting next Sunday, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to invite you to join us with this journey here. Join us with, with this time of prayer, this time of fasting. If you've never done a fast before, this is a great time. For you to start. We're going to send out information about this uh, this week so you can get ready for it. There are different ways you can fast. Uh, and we'll give you kind of some different options you can choose from. You should pray and ask God. Last year when we did a fast, I suggested also fasting social media for some of you. And I know a lot of you said that it really helped you to, to find more peace in your heart. You might consider that. But really, ultimately in the Bible, it usually involves removing some type of food element from your life. And then filling that up with more of God. More prayer. More time in the Bible with God. And you'll find that prayer and fasting is something that God will work through in your life to help you break through to new levels. Do you have important decisions you need to make? Prayer and fasting. You're praying for God's special favor in your life? Prayer and fasting. You need healing? Prayer and fasting. Like This is the way. You're going to get a greater level of insight, wisdom, knowledge, favor, blessing in your life. So join us in this time. I promise you, you will not regret it. I promise you, you will not regret it. So I want you, and I know maybe some of you are like, well, that's cool if you do that, but it's not for me. Listen, I'm going to push back a little bit. Please, I want to I ask everyone to join us in this. Because there's something powerful about a church united together in one heart and mind doing the same thing. Okay, so think, so get ready. Think about what God's going to lead you to do. Pray about it. I think it's going to be powerful. But it's, an, it's a time of intentionally drawing close to God. God said, climb up here and meet with me. And we're intentionally, we're intentionally drawing closer to him. Just like what happened with Moses. God said, I need you to come up here. And so Moses climbed up. Moses started climbing up. And I think, you know, why did God tell Moses to, to climb up the mountain? Well, we, we think about down below were all the Israelites. And, you know, these guys, God had just led them out of slavery in Egypt. He had delivered them. He parted the Red Sea. He made manna fall from heaven. And then they don't get one thing that they want and they start complaining. Questioning God's goodness and faithfulness, bickering, rejecting Moses' leadership, talking about, we should just go back to Egypt. And I think God knew, Moses, I, I don't want to meet with you down there amongst all that. I need you to get over it. I need you to come up here above that so I can, I can speak to you clearly and you, you'll be positioned to hear me. So Moses climbs up and he met with God. 
and God gave him his word. And, and yet, while Moses is having this powerful time with God, down below, the Israelites are acting a fool. They create a golden idol. How dumb do you have to be? Right? God just parted the Red Sea for you. And now you're worshiping an idol you made yourself out of jewelry? They were worshiping an idol. They're engaging in all kinds of sinful practices. And so here's Moses up here, man, God, these people are driving me crazy. How am I supposed to lead them? I don't even love them. And God says, Moses, I brought you up here so you could get over it and see things from my perspective. Yeah, sometimes I really hate what they do, but I love those people. And if anyone had a right to get angry, it was God. The word of God says he is slow to anger. Sometimes I'm quick to anger. How about you? you know, so all it takes is someone cutting you off in traffic. Bam, 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 middle finger. I hope you crash, right? And here's God, slow to anger. When people are combative with you and fighting against you and, and getting on your nerves and saying things that hurt you. You know, when they're, when they're in your face like that, all you can see, all I can see is how they're hurting me. But when I look from God's perspective, I see how they're hurting. These are people who need Jesus. God says, man, I'm not willing that any should perish, but I want everyone to repent and come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And when I get up higher, I get a better perspective. And I remember, oh yeah, I remember when I was the one acting a fool. I remember when I was the one hurting other people. Man, I, I remember how God was so patient and gentle and compassionate towards me when I didn't deserve it. Yeah, now I'm starting to see people the way that God sees them. You're going to love people more as you get over and get a higher perspective. You believe that? I know people might hurt you going forward, but I'm over it. Here's the third thing. As you get over it, you're going to go further faster. And I know that this is a time of the year when we start to make goals and evaluate our lives and think about things that we're going to start doing. And I want to encourage you to also make a to-don't-do list. <laughs> things, things that you're not going to do anymore. There might be some of those things that would really be helpful. And, and so, you know, you know God has you in this world for a specific purpose. If you're wondering what's my purpose, there's two elements to your purpose. God has a general purpose for your life and he has a specific purpose for your life. God's general purpose for all Christians is that you would glorify him, go into the world, and make disciples. You do that every day, everywhere you go. You're like, well, what's my purpose? Well, I don't know specifically, but I know my general purpose, so I'm going to stay busy working on that until I figure out the other part. And then he has a specific purpose for your life, what he puts you on this earth to do. And so this is a time for you to refocus on what God has called you to do with the gifts and talents that he has given you. I got to be honest, last year I spent hours upon hours sitting and venting my frustrations to my loving wife. And she sat there loving, compassionate, listening. I know, I know, it's the worst, right? <laughs> and, and, and so I'm grateful for her that she let me just talk to her and get things off my chest because sometimes you need that. But then I can't help but wonder, what could I have accomplished for God if I would have gotten over it sooner. 
Man, he did a lot of good things in my life, but, but maybe if I wouldn't have spent so many hours on social media getting mad at people, I could have accomplished some things that I was purposed to do. Did anybody else struggle with this? Like how many hours did you spend reading news articles written by people, it turns out, actually had no idea what they were talking about? How many times did you sit around worrying about what might happen, what could happen, talking about what people should be doing? All the time that we spend sucked into that could have been used productively to accomplish our purpose. And so this year, if you want to go further, faster, you can't run in the mud. You've got to rise up and get over it. So I think about how planes fly. If you've been on a flight, you know, you've heard the captain come on. We have now reached our cruising altitude. And usually it's between 30 and 40,000 feet. And there's a reason for that. It's because up at that altitude, there's thinner air. And so as the plane moves through the air, there's less drag on the plane. There's less friction. So the engine can operate more efficiently, and the plane uses less fuel. It can go further, faster, with less energy required. There's a reason planes don't fly at 1,000 feet. Because it would put more strain and require more energy. And so here's the thing. Like you can still move forward in your life and do good things for God. But if you operate on a lower level than you were designed for, it's going to be harder than it needs to be. What's it look like to be on a lower level than I was designed? When you get caught up in bickering, fighting, doubting, worrying. that's, That's not what you were designed for. You were designed to operate above all that. You were designed to fly above all that at a higher level, where God is, higher and lifted up. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I got to get his perspective. If you've been struggling, man, maybe you've been starting this year out already worn out, it might be time to go higher. You don't have to respond anytime someone gossips about you. You don't have to call out everything that's wrong with the world. You weren't made to carry the burdens of the world. But someone else was. And so, man, I want to get over my issues, and I want to trust him and let him be in control. It says this in Chronicles. We read this about God. You rule over everything. Man, that's a great reminder. I I just keep reading this verse. You rule over everything. It gives me so much peace and comfort in my heart. God, he rules over everything. And then look what comes with that. Power and might are in his hands. And it says, God, at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. God makes us great and gives us strength. He holds power in his hand. And I I think what he says is, I want you to come up here higher in my atmosphere so I can make you great and give you strength. He he says, I I don't want you messing around down there, getting caught up in stupid things that that maybe distracted you before. I want you to rise up over that. And it's going to be so helpful for you, I think, that there's going to be times this year when something's going to happen, get on your nerves, a worry or anxiety is going to pop into your heart. Man, something's going to happen, some bad news article is going to come out, and you're going to be tempted to slip back into old patterns of getting caught up and stuck under things that are meant to destroy you. And you're going to say, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get over it right now. I'm going to trust the one who has power and might, who is in control. He can give me strength to carry on no matter what I face today. I can't help but think that all the times that we thought last year we were just suffering for no reason, we were actually being strengthened for even greater things that God has called us to in the coming days. 
You know, you're stronger than you used to be. Do you realize that? The harder things you dealt with in this past year, the harder, the harder your year was, the stronger you are going forward. If you're not dead, God's not done with you. And he's got greater things for you in the days to come. I just look back at Jesus, the ultimate example. He really is always our ultimate example, isn't he? He teaches us how to get over it. Literally. People nailed him to a cross. And, and the Bible says they lifted him up on the cross. And here were the people who nailed him to the cross down below, now mocking him. Mocking. The people he came to save nailed him to a cross, and they were mocking him. And what do they say? If you really are the son of God, come down from that cross. And he could have. He could have come down and proved it. He could have come down and gotten even. But he didn't go down to their level. He put his attention up higher. He got over it. He, he turned his, his eyes to the father and he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I love them because you love them. I know that they're mocking me, but these are the very people I'm dying for. And, and I know that in that moment, things weren't probably going the way that Jesus might have hoped they would have gone. But he wasn't anxious. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands I commit my spirit. There could be some of you here tonight that might need to put your life your family, your health, your finances into God's hands. This year, I say, God, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm going to commit my life to you. I'm going to put it all in your hands. I'm going to trust you to be in control and to take care of it. I, I used to get caught up worrying about these things, but no, now, now I'm over it. <laughs> Here's Jesus up on the cross accomplishing more than any human could have ever accomplished in a thousand lifetimes. Through his sacrifice, he made it possible for anyone who would call on the name of the Lord to be saved. What greater example is there of getting over it than Jesus? He got over sin so you could get over sin and death and destruction through trusting in him. So, man, I think this is an encouragement for us as we go into the future. Stopping to look back and assessing, man, what are some things that God is calling me to address in my life? Were there some weak spots in my life? Some blind spots I need to see differently now. I got caught up in some things maybe before, but, but God's going to use that, and he's going to turn it for good, and he's going to strengthen me to deal with even greater things in the future. I think that's what God has us at in this moment right now, the very first weekend of 2021. And I believe that this is going to be the year of God's favor in your life. I really believe that. That's not just like a pastor thing to say the first Sunday of the year. I think that there is going to be a special outpouring of God's favor in your life this year. And it's going to look different for everybody, but we're going to experience great things as a church. And I think that God is going to do things that just blow our mind exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask, hope, or imagine. Amen. God, we praise you and we worship you. We thank you that you are faithful and kind. You're a God of compassion and mercy. And, Lord, we know that you were so merciful to us when we didn't deserve it. And, Lord, we're asking you that right now you would help us 
to show the same love to other people. Help us to get over it so we don't struggle with worry and anxiety about the future, Lord. We're trusting you. We know you brought us to this point, and you're not going to leave us here. You're going to complete the good work you began in us. And God, I pray that we would be filled with even more love for others as we go into this year, that we would see people the way that you see them. Lord, I pray for everyone in our church family who's with us tonight, that you'd fill them with strength and equip them to accomplish what you've called them to do. It's not by our strength, God, it's through you that we are able to do anything. So thank you for your faithfulness, your unfailing love. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.